Please listen carefully. And now, live from the Zudio in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys flapping gums and being chums, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we continue our coverage of Baycon 2023. Baycon 2023! Uh, as you heard before, we've had a, such great times at Baycon, and uh, you heard us uh, interview some of the voice actors, you heard the Q&A of voice actors, and this is a, another Q&A, a specific Blue Lock Q&A, mm-hmm. because... Five, well, six total, really, voice actors have been in Blue Lock who were there. Five were at the panel, including Drew Breedlove. Yeah. We also had Matthew Elkins. And and Monet Lerner. And Alex Holm. And uh, Jordan Dash Cruz, the assistant director, and does voices on it as well. And you'll hear them uh, introduce themselves and tell you all about the characters they play. And uh, there's a lot of fun stories in here. (laughs) And... Shout out to the guy that was actually in cosplay for Blue Lock. That yeah, was there was, awesome. yeah, there was a Blue Lock cosplayer there. And, uh, you know, the, you'd think that, oh, hey, soccer show, right? It's <laughs> an easy cosplay. But they have a very specific, like, skin suit, I guess you'd call it, yeah, that yeah. they wear that I think you would have to probably make or order from Japan. It, something fancy. Yeah. It's not your run-in-the-mill soccer kit. Yeah. But this panel was a great time. Bacon was a great time. But watch Blue Lock after you listen to this as well. Yeah, and uh, once again, thank you so much, Bacon and Drew, for having us out to Bacon 2023. Such a great time. And we want everyone to uh, bacon.live, follow that, and uh, you will hear more bacon goodness in the future. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Blue Lock! Yeah, everybody. It is the Blue Lock Q&A panel. Ooh, ooh. I'm Kevin from Assuming Positions Podcast. That's Mikey back there. We will be helping. Should be in the middle? No, no. I guess go ahead. Hand the mic around to you guys. This is about you asking questions to the voice actors from Blue Lock. Should we introduce ourselves? Yes. And this time we'll go this way. Last time I said left to right, and then you guys were like, you're facing the wrong direction. (laughs) Where do we go? We'll start over. Uh, How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Blue Lock panel at 3 p.m. My name is Jordan Dash Cruz. Uh, I am the voice of Tokimitsu, uh, everyone's favorite uh, nerve-wracking scaredy cat. Um, I'm also the assistant director for the English dub of the show. Uh, so I've gotten a chance to work both sides, uh, both uh, behind the mic and uh, in the director's chair. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely one of my favorite shows that I've ever gotten a chance to work on. And honestly, uh, the amount of popularity, uh, the amount of love that we've just seen from everybody uh, when it comes to the show has been phenomenal. Uh, right. And we're really, really excited. I know I speak for everyone when I say we're super excited for the movie and for season two to hurry up and get That's out That's right, Kaka. Oh, I, I don't know how to follow that up, but uh, <laughs> how's it going, guys? My name's Alex Hom. I am the voice. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm the voice of Rensuke Kunigami in the show, Blue Lock. Uh, everyone's favorite spiky-haired, steak-loving, fair-playing boy. And uh, it's just, like Jordan said, it's 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 a... Absolute blast to be a part of the show and and be with these lovely people here because they're so talented and so nice. And I'm going to let this guy who just stuffed his face full of food as he was coming up here take the reins. Go for it. Kaka. <laughs> uh, so my name's Matthew Elkins. Uh, you may know me as Matty Ice. Um, I uh, that's my rapper name. Um, I play <laughs> I play Zontetsu in Blue Lock. Um, do we have? I'm assuming everybody in here is fans of Blue Lock. Yes, can I hear some noise? Yeah, what? come on. Okay. Well, I play on Tetsu, uh, aka my favorite quote is aka Stupid Specs. Um, <laughs> I think you you'll recognize him. He's the only character. He is not the only. He is the fastest character in Blue Lock. So far. So far, right. and I have a feeling he will stay the fastest. I don't care what anybody says about Chiggity. I heard no. it was more acceleration, not exactly top speed, so, you know. 
That's all speculation. I don't know. Performance. Speculation. Speculation. But yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped to be here. I'm going to hand it over to the lovely Miss Lerner now. Hi, you guys. My name is Monet, and I voice the child version of Bachata. So you're. Because <laughs> Drew can Drew can Drew can do it. <laughs> no, that's not true. Drew could have done it, but Drew's bachata is already a pretty high pitch. So we needed a we needed a lady to voice the little child, and it and that's was my where you honor. Came in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, we're matching. <laughs> yes, we are. It would only make sense that y'all would be matching. You are the same person. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, hi guys. Uh, my name is Drew Breedlove, and I play the crazy Bachira, the guy Bachira. with the monster inside him. And uh, I'm super glad to be here, and and I'm just really happy to see like the feedback about Blue Lock and the enthusiasm about it, and even some Blue Lock cosplayers in the back. Yeah, yep, let's make some noise for him. Yeah. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. And so I'm super excited, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. Let's get this panel rolling. Boom. boom. So how often do you guys get together? Is it just here? Do you ever do table reads? Or are you ever recording together? Oh, we hate each other. Oh, yeah. We, we <laughs> yeah. try to avoid each other as much as possible. It's true. So can I, can I just say something real quick about yeah, that question? Yeah. yeah. You know, you might have meant more along the lines of professionally get together to do work. But one thing I will say about Blue Lock that I absolutely adore is, in my opinion at least, is how much of a family environment the cast is. So when you say how often do y'all get together, I have to clear up, we hang out all the time. Mm. Because it's just one of those shows where it's not a competition. I'm excited for him, and I'm excited for him, and her, and him, and it's just, we're all you know wanting to get together to talk about what we're gonna do next, yeah. what we're gonna do with our characters, what cons we're gonna go to. Yep. So yeah. we're together all the time. Yeah. yeah. And that, oh, sorry. I was just saying that that's what's kind of crazy because I feel like you, you want to say something? Yeah, yeah. You know, come here, come here, go say something. <laughs> uh, that's what's kind of crazy about because um, I feel like a lot of people assume that we record together. Like we're all in the booth and we're all like recording our individual characters, like bouncing off of each other. But we don't get to do that because that's not really how anime works outside of Walla and stuff where they stick everybody in the booth to do it. But um, that's what I'm got. I'm like Matt said. I'm glad that we actually like hang out and we're like friends and we're good friends. And not that we wouldn't be friends otherwise. But I've just heard so many stories of people that have been in shows with other voice actors, and then they'd be like, "This is the first time I've met them I, outside." You know, like I once the show got announced and went on. I haven't even ever met them before, but this is the first time meeting them. But no, we like hang out and we just do stuff together. So it's the first time that I've really seen like a cast be excited just about a show, but beyond just like, oh, I'm in it. You know, it's it's more so been like, oh man, like Drew's in it and, and Matt's in it and Alex is in it. Oh dude, that's so sick. Like, oh, Blue Lock is real. Like, let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah. Like the amount of actors that got into Blue Lock because they were cast in it and they were like, I don't know what this is, but this seems kind of interesting. And then they read the story and they're like, I couldn't put it down. Uh, is insane. Like Cayman, I wish like Cayman was here because he's like, you know, we cast him as Rayo, and ever since then he's just like, I, I gotta, I gotta know what this story's about. I gotta know what happens to him. Like it's 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 a phenomenal. It really is. It's it's very wild because like pre pre Blue Lock, like like he said, I had no idea what the show was, and so when I got the email, hey, they want to cast you as Bachida, I was like, oh cool. I don't know who that is, but then I looked it up and I was like, wow. And then I looked up some more, and I was like, wow. And then, <laughs> you know, it was just, it's great because, you know, the enthusiasm just continues. Like, every episode we'd work on, we'd constantly be pumping up. You know, we have a group chat, and we just constantly pump up every episode. And we're like, oh, great job on this scene, great job on that scene. And it, it's super cool because it's, I, I don't want to say it's rare, but it's rare that you have almost the entire cast be as enthusiastic as, as the Blue Lock people are it's it's just great there's such a camaraderie i just love it there is there is and it, I, I think it shows in the dub too yeah. it's oh, almost like we're a sports team it's almost <laughs> like we have to <laughs> oh. work together or at least yes. for the first half of the <laughs> first season and then we're at each other's throats like like we are normally <laughs> yes <Yeah>. yes <laughs> hopefully that answered your question <laughs> well that's my question it is a show about football and soccer which of the people on stage actually have experience playing football or soccer 
playing well? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's two different questions. Because right? I question? have played indoor soccer. I just sucked at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am not like my character at all. I used to play soccer when I was like really young. <laughs> so like, but like none of those skills have translated over obviously into my adult years. But uh, we did get a chance to all uh, uh, do a Blue Lock event at uh, indoor soccer. I forget what it's called. What, 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 was, what was the name? Oh, you're talking about the event where Drew is the worst player. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was it. No. But we got to do a, a, a Blue Lock themed event He's at an indoor lying. soccer uh, 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 place, and we <laughs> all played it. And we, that's where we all realized, or at least I, at least where I definitely realized how severely out of shape I am. Because we running play. on the field for like 10 seconds, I'm like, <laughs> I can't do this. But yeah, we're we're nothing like our characters. It's no, funny because Bachita, he's like one of the really good ones, and like people are like, oh, do dribble, and I'm like, I don't know how to do that, but uh, I'll try. And then I was like tripping, and then they were laughing, and it was great. <laughs> I enjoy soccer fashion. <laughs> that counts. They got some good kits. I think is the proper word. I, I will say that, you know, growing up, I didn't play soccer per se, but I did pursue athletics to a very large extent. Um, my, my, family was a, my family was a huge baseball family. Like, my brother got drafted by the Texas Rangers, and I always thought, you know, I'm next. Didn't happen. But the <laughs> point of the story is, like, yeah, athletics played a huge role in my life, and I do try to draw from that passion that I had as a kid and try to apply it to the character. And I just know that Blue Lock has so many of the elements in there, and you guys say like you knew you became fans of the show the more you worked on it. Yeah. But going into that environment, like having to know soccer terms and like saying all the phrases like offensive, defensive, all that stuff, that's got to be an obstacle that's unique. Even though you guys are pros at voice acting, that was that you know um, my sister is a big big soccer player. She played college soccer, and the minute I got cast in that show, I did approach her. I was like, hey break it down to me like the striker like what what is this and she's like she was like well are you asking me like what's the position or what is a striker and it really opened my eyes when I talked to her and kind of interviewed her about it because she from my understanding like I said I didn't play soccer but from what she really broke down to me is that it's kind of like the coveted role in soccer you know it's like the leader if you will it's it's the MVP, and I'm not knocking any position. I, I'm a huge advocate for teamwork is teamwork. But she said, she looked at me and she said, there's a reason they picked that position for this show to be centered around. So, I was going to say, uh, in ter uh, terminology-wise, this wasn't even having to do with football or soccer. Like, There was a line in one of the episodes where Kunigami says, uh, I think the line is, the way things were going, a draw is huge. And I, it was a, it was me being stupid and not realizing they were talking about a draw in the match, like it was a draw. I thought it, the, a draw was something completely different in like soccer terminology. I'm like, what is a draw? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I wonder what that means in soccer terms. But I wasn't thinking in like just basic competition terms. So when I delivered that line and when I hear it back, I'm like, I didn't know what the f I was talking about. <laughs> kind of makes me want it. Can I ask the audience a question? Um, does anybody in the audience play soccer? Anyone? Oh, yeah, the blue so, line. So we've got one, the cosplayer. Okay. Um, in your opinion, how, not how we did with the show overall, but as far as portraying soccer players, how did we do? I mean, I guess in terms, I mean, you know, what the show's going for is the whole ego aspect, which I guess when I played, I never really, I never really looked at it like that. I was, you know, it was always like, you know, ego said, you know, Soccer has always been about the whole, you know, traditionally it's always been about the whole 11 players working as a team. And, you know, growing up playing soccer, that's always how I looked at it. I never thought about it as, you know, trying to stand out as a player or, you know, like he said, you know, striker, the whole reason for a striker is to get the most goals, you know. You're trying to be the best, like Messi, Ronaldo, you know, Neymar, whoever, you know, it may be. So, I mean, I guess in, you know, terms of that, and I guess, you know, when I, now that I look at it after watching the show and getting that different perspective, I mean, you guys, you know, really nailed it. Flying Appreciate colors. You. Thank you. Well, you know what's funny? I, you know, I had a fan uh, tell me, because, you know, we get compared to Haikyuu a lot. Yeah. In terms, because, you know, it's another big sports anime. And they were saying that, you know, Haikyuu um, highlights a lot of the positives of the sport. You know, it's, you know, Team Wire, all this other stuff. And Blue Lock highlights all the negatives that, like, maybe some people don't necessarily 
talk about, right? Or maybe like subconsciously they're thinking it, right? But they're like, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to feel this way, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's part of the draw, too, because it's just so, it's kind of like taboo, but it's just like, plus the style of Blue Lock's just so great, like the animation and everything. But it's very interesting. It's an interesting take. That's why I love the Japanese. They can always take something so, like, basic and, 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 and apply so much technicality and, and make an incredible story out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think they did that really well with Blue Lock, too. Anybody have any questions? Oh, up front. Ooh, a couple questions. When you guys first got the notification that you guys were going to be cast on this show, were you expecting the show to blow up the way it did? You want me to go first? We'll, we'll work yeah, on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yes and no. Um, I So first and foremost, I didn't know I was going to be Tokimitsu. Rig is the director of the show, Jonathan Rig. And that season before the directors were assigned to show, I remember actually going over to his house because um, I, I was his assistant director the previous season. And I was like, hey, man, there's this show. It's called Blue Lock. You need to put in for it. Like, you need to you need to ask them to see if you can be the director for this show because it just looks so sick. Like, it looks really cool. Um, it's a sports anime. Uh, I, it, it's kind of like the, the art style is crazy. And he looked it up and he was like, yeah, man, this is pretty cool. So he actually put in for the show and I had told him, I was like, look, if you get Blue Lock, can I be your assistant director for this show? And he was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he ended up sending me a text and he goes, hey man, keep this a secret. We got Blue Lock. (laughs) And I was like, yes, all right, cool. All right, now it's time to cast like 50 guys. Um, So I- Plus Monet. Yeah, (laughs) plus Monet. Uh, so I, I wasn't like the casting director, but I did help out in uh, like giving re- actor recommendations uh, for some of the characters. I know him and him and I had written down a couple of uh, like lists of actors that we thought, oh hey, maybe this actor could portray this character. Uh, Drew, you know, we had both put down like Drew and I think a couple of other actors like as potential Bachita actors. Same thing with Alex Hom. Like, we were like, I think Alex would be a really good Kunigami. Um, you know, like, the character kind of, you know, fits his wrong, vocal. You know. <laughs> um, believe it or not, for Zantetsu, I, I didn't really know you at the time. So he, I had put completely different names, and he cast you as Zantetsu. And I was like, okay, like, I, I'll, let, me, let me hear what, what Elkins has got. Like, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, and I, I absolutely love you as, as Zantetsu. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things where, uh, you know, it was exciting. Um, I'll, I'll let them kind of answer their own questions on like how they felt when they got the when they got the call. But for us, it was it was super exciting knowing that we got the show and uh, that we were going to be able to you know work with you know really really good actors. Uh, I will say real quick for Tokimitsu, again, I, I was not. I did not think I was going to be a part of the show because I was assistant directing. Rig himself came up to me and was like, hey, man, I've really been thinking hard about it. I know you're the assistant director, but I really just want you as Tokimitsu. I, I feel like you've got this funny, crazy anxiety like you know, for this character that, that, that only you can really do. So I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll come in. I'll see what I can do, and, and, and you know, hopefully you like it. And... I went in, and I guess the rest was history because he liked it, and I'm I'm the character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'll I'll let them talk about their uh, their adventures in in getting cast. Yeah. So honestly, kind of similar to to Jordan. Um, I remember um, working on when I was working on Higahiro with jo- uh, Jonathan as well because he directed that show as well. Um, I, I I can't remember if this was after he had already like gotten blue lock and he's like it was going to happen but i don't think he wanted to tell me that yet so he just like we were done with the session of Higa Hero, and he's like i want you to check out something and i'm like okay cool well, what do you want me to check out and he throws up the screen and it's the e- it's the ending song of blue lock and i'm like for me if an uh, anime has good music both in the opening and the ending that's what sells it for me like it could be about absolutely nothing but if it's got kick-ass music i'm like yes i'm right there but um, you know, I just told him like, oh man, I've never even heard of this. This looks amazing. It's so cool. Like I, I hope I hope you guys get it. Or you know, he might have had it at that point already, but I didn't know. So I was like, I hope you guys get it. And then um, and then I got an email like you know sometime later uh, about Kunigami, and I came in and uh, um, this is this also just goes to uh, uh, Jonathan Riggs' just specialization and in, in really laser focusing in on what 
an actor can provide and he just knows it really well because he pulled me aside and he's like he's like hey so look at this character he's like, I want you to look at this character and I looked at him and obviously I saw Kunigami there he's got the spiky orange hair he's got the very tough demeanor gave me extreme Bakugo slash Ichigo vibes from Bleach and then Bakugo being from my hero and <laughs> Rig was funny he was like he was like so normally this would be an absolutely Cliff Chaplin uh, character that we'd cast but we don't want to we don't want to go that route with him. We want to take him in a different route. We want to kind of make him be like a bigger brother, an older brother to the rest of the team because he's all about fair play and he cares about the team like it was his own family. And I'm like, absolutely, I I, I want to take him in that, that direction too. So that's kind of how it just like launched out there for me. But um, I I I kind of knew it was gonna blow up, just not in the way that it has, especially in Japan, because like I definitely could kind of tell like it was going to be something that was popular here in the states. Um, but in Japan, they've got a cafe, they've got a hotel, they've got merch out the ears for Blue Lock. So it's kind of just been a crazy ride altogether, but it's been amazing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, that was exactly, yeah. there was like this weird, like, collaborative marketing with the World Cup and just like, and like, and, we, and that was, that was what, what came from like, you know, like Blue Lock is real. I mean, like, obviously that was like the One Piece meme that came we about it. We wore Blue Lock jerseys. We wore the Blue Lock played. jerseys. Yeah, And they exactly. played Germany, which they have a flashback. Exactly, exactly. So it all kind of like worked just simultaneously together to really, really get people involved. But yeah, that was great. <laughs> Who's what? Dorito That's hair. Dorito man. Yes. I'm going to take that now. <laughs> Well, okay, so for me, I think, you know, you had asked, like, did we think it was going to blow up the way that it did? Um, so I, I come from kind of a country family. I've told this story a few times, but I come from kind of like a country family, and anime was not really a part of my life. I was, it was very much about sports and cattle and country. And so, like, I was out on the ranch with my older brother, who, once again, drafted by the Texas Ranger. I mean, he's like hunting, fishing, man's man. So I actually got the uh, email saying that I was cast in the show when I was out on the ranch. And so I told my older brother, I said, well, do you mind if we go in early? Um, and I watched this show. And being the supportive older brother he was, he was like, yeah, man, I'll watch it with you. And I was like, okay, cool, it's an anime. And I just saw his face drop, because he was like, oh, great, my nerdy little brother wants me to watch anime. <laughs> And we went in, and I thought it was just going to be another sports anime. Um, we watched episode one, and I was hooked. And I was like, I know I liked that. But I turned to him, and I was like, well, thanks for watching it with me. And he was like, queuing up episode two. <laughs> and so that's when I knew, okay, this has got something for everyone. Mm -hmm. And if it's got something for everyone, everyone's going to be watching it, and it's going to be huge. So when I got cast as Child Bachata, I actually, it already had blown up. So, you know, but here's the thing. So Drew and I were both in Fruit of Evolution, so we both worked with Jonathan. I've known Drew for a really long time, and so Drew was like, hey, Bachata's mom is going to be coming into the show soon, so we need to, like, nudge Jonathan, nudge Jonathan for you to be Bachata's mom. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that would be so awesome. That would be awesome. So then I get the email and it says child bachata. <laughs> and I was like, yes! <laughs> you know, because we didn't even think about that as an option, really. So it was so super cool because I just got to study this guy's voice and, and the way that he, and talk with him about it too. And really just, you know, embark on this cool ass challenging journey of, of voicing this character that he I mean the younger version of him so it, it was it's it, it was awesome <laughs> uh, what is it so when I first got the email uh, I have a day job I, I work at a, a pet hotel and I remember I was doing one-on-one -on -one with like a chihuahua right and it was running around my feet and I remember I was just scanning on my phone and I saw you know hey they want to offer you the role of bachita I was like oh okay and blue lock cool Sounds awesome. Well, everyone in my work, they're all a bunch of weebs, right? And so at the time, it was just me and my manager. And so I get done with the chihuahua, and I'm going to, you know, put him back in the kennel. And I said, hey, man, um, I just got cast in this show. Like, keep it on the DL. But I was like, I just got cast on this show uh, called Blue Lock. Do you know anything about that? He was like, who do you play? And I'm like, I, I think this one. And he was like, do you realize how big that is? He's huge <laughs> in the manga, right? And apparently the manga community, like, the, Blue Lock was huge 
when it launched in the manga community. He was like, that's freaking huge. And I was like, is it freaking huge? And so like literally after I got off work, there's Taco Bell across the street. So I went there and like I spent like three or four hours researching Bachita. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I was like, I hope I do well with him. And so, uh, you know, I spent like the next week uh, until the first session researching him and then finally did it. And um, the first session, I remember Jordan and, and, and Jonathan, they were both like, hey, do you have like Twitter or Instagram? Because I didn't really do social media. And they were like, you need to make it. And so I was like, all right, cool. And so I made a, a, a Twitter and Instagram, and then suddenly, like, I made the announcement that I was botching, and it, like, blew up, like, and suddenly I gained all these followers, like, overnight, and I was like, all right, I, I have a weird feeling this show's going to be a lot bigger than I think it's going to be. <laughs> and so it was just, it was really cool to see that. And then once the World Cup happened, it really, it really hit, because it was like, wow, that they're wearing, like, the jerseys of a show that I'm a part of which is nuts. And then they have like a Blue Lock Hotel, they have a Blue Lock Cafe, Bachita has his own liquor, which is weird. Uh, they have like, uh, God, what else is there? there? There's so much merchandise and there's a stage play that's touring right now. Oh, yeah. And like Blue Lock's officially like the number one selling manga in Japan, beating over like Chainsaw Man, One Piece, like all these big ones and you're like, it just, it, to an extent, it's real. It doesn't. It doesn't feel the, real. The blue lock it is real. It does not though. feel real. That's the thing. It does not feel real. But no, I did not realize how big it was going to be. I know that was a long-winded answer, but <laughs> perfect. Any questions out in the audience? Got one back there. Uh, so I was just curious. So I know, you know, maybe aside from like reading the manga or just having sort of a, I guess, a brief rundown of each character and, you know, um, I guess their characteristics and everything, because each, you know, character is pretty unique, you know, whether it be personality, uh, their, you know, weapons and all that. Um, so what are, I guess my question is, what are some things that you guys did to sort of personally, uh, I guess, like prepare for the role of, you know, your guys' characters? Especially considering that this is an established media and the characters are sort of developed, what did you guys have to do to bring a little bit of yourselves in there? Or having to play a child when you're not a child? It's crazy. I'll go. I'll go. If you want to go first. Uh, uh, can, we can just we go can back just, and forth. Yeah, okay. Just go, go ahead. Cool. Just keep talking. Uh, just so keep talking. <laughs> when, I, when I saw Bachida, uh, I immediately knew he was going to be higher pitched. Um, and to me, he definitely, when you see him, he looks... Very happy, but there, you can tell that there's something under the hood that's going on, right? And and I knew I knew he was going to be in my higher range, you know. So I used to sing, so I put him kind of in my falsetto, right? And I knew that when his eyes changed, I kind of wanted to add a little, you know, a little bit of gruffness to it. And um, and and when I walked into the first session, you know, Jonathan had asked me, he was like, "So what do you see of the character?" And I was like, "That's this is what I see." And he was like, "Good, because that's exactly what I saw." And I was like, "Sweet." And uh, and that's how I kind of knew, uh, you know, where the voice for Bachiter was. And I, the more I researched him, the more I was like, "Oh, I actually kind of weirdly connect to this character." I'm not psychotic in real life, I promise. But in a lot of ways, I, I connected with him. I was like, I know, I know I'm going to love him. So it was cool. It was cool. I just listened to this guy a lot. <laughs> um, no, I, I remember specifically I, I talked to Rig and he was like, hey, I really need you to just like study his voice. And so I went to this Korean spa called King Spa, and I went into one of the saunas, and I just watched Blue Lock. And I just would repeat, I would play back the scenes over and over of the English dub of him just talking, and I would just con just talk and just mimic and just talk, and then, you know, kind of tweak it a little bit. Oh, what would a child sound like? Let's bring in a little bit more, a little bit more of the nasal in there. And then we talked on the phone, and we, you know, we kind of did just kind of more mimic and mimic and mimic and then I finally we when I got in the studio you know it just it took a while to develop this was you know because usually when you go in like for other roles I would go in and I would hear only the Japanese first this was a little bit of a different um, situation because I had to play a younger version of an English dubbed character but it, I mean it was it was so much fun 
It was so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, the first time I when I heard, I was like, uh, like what I heard what she did. I was like, <gasps> she got it, and it was really cool because we had talked about. So I guess, and and the director said I kind of do this too. So Bachida, I guess I kind of do like a little sing-songy kind of like musical the way I make him sound, and she nailed it. And it was it was really cool to hear someone kind of kind of youngify my voice. It was awesome. Check it out. <laughs> Um, yeah, so as far as the voice goes, it's actually funny uh, to hear that question because I was just talking to Jordan uh, because, as you know, Jordan is not only a character, but he is also an assistant director. Um, When I first recorded for Zontetsu, he sounded nothing like what we finally finished with because I remember I went in and Jonathan, he he pretty much just told me, he was like, hey, man, this guy is kind of dumb. And he was like, I'm not saying you're dumb. And I was like, I know what you're saying. But what he said is he was like, I just really want to find somebody that's kind of cool with being the butt of the joke. Like letting all the comedy kind of be about you, even if it's a negative, you know? Um, so we tried to push that in there. But as far as the pitch uh, of the voice, he said he wanted to try something different. He was like, hey, you know, if you listen to the J, it's it's very different. The J, the Japanese, you know, it's very deep and, and gruff. and and Jonathan was like, I don't want you to do that at all. He's like, I don't want that all at all. And he played me an audition that I had done for a distinguished male. And I had put like a British kind of like accent on that. And he was like, I want to try something different. And I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a go with the flow kind of guy. I was like, you know, screw it, let's do this. And so we, we only had like 15 minutes, but we laid something down and we were like, okay, that's good. And I could tell he wasn't happy. And I could tell I wasn't happy either, but we had 15 minutes, you know, and in, in the voice acting world, you got to get it done when you got to get it done. Um, and I, I knew he wasn't mad at me because I could tell I had done everything he asked me to do. I could tell that he just, I, when I left the booth, he was just kind of like, well, it'll do, you know, like this'll do. And I came back later and Jonathan was out and Jordan was in there and Jordan very nicely told me like, hey man, that's terrible. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> he was like, I, but what I mean is J- Jordan, Jordan is really, I credit as the one who brought out the final product because he, we recorded all the lines the way Jonathan had had me do them um, in that kind of voice. And then he said, okay, let's do this now. And then we tried what, what he, I think he called it like a backup. He was like, I just want to get, you know, Riggs take on this. And Rig wound up texting me. He's like, dude, we're going with Jordan's version. And I was like, okay, I'm cool with that, man. Because I felt a lot better with that version. Um, and that's kind of, it, it was a really interesting one because when Rig texted me that, I was like panicking actually. I was like, oh crap, he hated it. And I was okay that he hated it because I didn't like what I had done originally either. But I still was really worried because I was like, oh, it's, you know, they, they changed it. They're going to just change the actor too. But, um, you know, I guess that all the credit for that really goes to Jordan because he was the one who actually stepped in and said, I think we should do it differently. <laughs> and we did. And we did it differently. And that's how Zontetsu kind of came to be. So he molded over time. But as far as just uh, putting myself into the character, I, uh, I heard some of the voice actors from the earlier panel kind of talk about creating the character and then the voice comes with it. I kind of do that same thing. It's like... I really relate to Zontetsu as being this kind of dumb athletic dude. And what I do for my bread and butter is I'm a knight at medieval times. So I get hit by a sword, I jump off a horse, and then I get up and I do it again. And that's kind of what I feel like Zontetsu does. It's like he might not be the brightest guy, but he runs in a straight line as fast as he can. So it's it's kind of interesting. So um, I know like we, we, we talked a little bit about like trying to not necessarily match the Japanese voice, but usually that is a starting point for us. We hear you know what's in the Japanese and then we go from there uh, uh, for what decisions we want to make to give the voice to the character. So when I got the casting announcement, I, I looked up a little bit about it and I was like, oh, okay, they're soccer players. So maybe they're like at least like young adults or something like that. 
I didn't realize they're basically high schoolers, right? They're, they're like on the cusp end of high school, essentially. And I was like, oh, great. I, my, my voice doesn't sit naturally in a high schooler's range. It sits here, you know? I'm deep, you know? And that's kind of thing. So, so and I, didn't, I didn't see anything about Kunigami until I got into the booth for the first time. And then, and then they played the first clip of in Japanese, and it was, Boku no wa Rensuke Kunigami. And I was like, oh, sweet, cool, I can do this. <laughs> So, but but it was like you know, and and then and then uh, kind of similar to to Matt, um, I was worried that Jonathan didn't really like my take because because you know it wasn't too different from how I sound normally. I just gave him a little bit more gruffness and gave him some more gravel in his throat when he got angry. And um, and then then Jonathan was like, okay, before we decide on that voice, are you cool with that? And I'm like, that's fine with me. And later I found out it was just because I I think he thought I was going to tear my throat up. But I I do that a lot, so it's 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 good to go for me. But um, as far as like bringing myself to the character, I didn't necessarily bring myself, but I have, when Jonathan told me that Kunigami's like the older brother of the team, I have an older brother and I love him and he's awesome, but he's also kind of a jerk. So I definitely channeled a lot of my brother in that because he's, he's very protective of, of me. He's very protective of just the family, but he's also, like I said, he's a jerk. So, <laughs> and then and Kunigami gets kind of jerky every now and then just because he, he lets his passion fly free. So yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. For me, um, like I said, I, I came in, I, I didn't realize that I was going to be voicing Tokimitsu until Rig was like, hey man, I really could use you as this character. I, I feel like he's got this funny anxiety. Like, the show's been really intense, especially because it's, it's during the 3v3 match. So it's like the top three versus, you know, what is it? Uh, I forgot the team. It was a Baro, Isagi, and, yeah. and Nagi, I believe. Yeah. So it was it was interesting because he was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's really intense. And I, I kind of feel like I want to cut that intensity with like a little bit of comedy relief. Uh, and I feel like you would be perfect for it because like this dude is just anxious and he screams. And, you know, his whole thing is, you know, he gets more powerful, the more anxious he is. Uh, so I was like, yeah, man, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll do it. Went in, gave a take. Uh, it kind of sounded a little like Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do that, but it, you know, it's just like, um, so if if I if I don't, that means you'll score. Which it sounded great, but I was like, okay, that's gonna work for him being anxious on the field, but how are we gonna make him sound when he's just talking regularly? So I was like, okay, okay, I, I I'm thinking of something. What can we do? Um, and then there's like a scene where he kind of slams the table because he's like so anxious that no one's gonna pick you no one's gonna pick the team because they're the top three and no one's gonna want to fight them fight soccer <laughs> um so i was like all right what can i do what can i do so i i kind of gave him like this higher pitched like you know oh hey how's it going bachita uh, wait even longer that's <laughs> insane what do you mean like what are you talking about uh and that's kind of just what it evolved into uh and then of course you know we get nice tokimitsu every so often and he'll just kind of talk normally and be like, um, so uh, I'm not trying to get in the way of anything, but uh, do you think that you could pass the ball to me, Bachida? No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun just creating Tokimitsu and uh, just having fun with that. Rig loved and, and laughed at just a lot of the screams. Uh, that was one thing I was trying to do was every scream Tokimitsu had, I wanted it to be different. So I didn't want, any, I, I didn't want a single scream to sound the same. Um, and I think we got that because I, I do get a lot of people coming up to me going, hey, those screams, <laughs> nice. Uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun and uh, I, I had a blast. Um, and it's funny, I was going to add, uh, when it came to casting like you guys, uh, especially with Rig, he would actually come up to me and he would talk to me like why he would like cast you guys. So like for like Alex, he was telling me, you know, like, yeah, you know, like I feel Alex has this really like nice, deep but it's not like too intense. You know, he's kind of got this like nice older brother sound. Perfect older brother. Fit the pocket. For you, you know, he was like, yeah, Zontetsu's like really funny. And like, I don't know, like Matthew's just a really funny dude. So like, I think it's going to work, you know? And then obviously for Bachida, yeah, Drew has like this voice. It's kind of like different. Like it's, it's kind of strange, but in a good way. And I think Bachida is kind of strange, but in a good way. So like... Yeah, I think it'll work. So it's it's just cool hearing what he said to you guys versus like what he said to me and it being essentially the same thing. Yeah. 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 
I just, uh, side note, I had the honor to sit in on a, a Jordan sesh when he was recording one time, and man, that was an experience. That was friggin' awesome. I can't remember what episode, but it was just so yeah. funny just hearing you come up with stuff, and yeah, Togemitsu is great, man. Just stupid. Like, I, there was one <laughs> video where I think, like, the comment is just like, why does he sound like that? Because, like, the, the literally zero seconds in the YouTube video, you just hear, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> So Whoa. he was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you that know, it's also like really, awesome. really fun. Um, sorry, I just got to say it. What's also really, really fun is to watch Jordan direct people. Yes. I don't know if, the best. if you guys agree, but like Jordan, so you got the booth, right? And you have, you know, it shut off, it's soundproof in there, and it has the mic. Then you have the computers, and then you have the director, right? And when Jordan directs people, he does it with such passion. Like, I remember when he was describing to me how intense the soccer games are. He literally, like, stood up in his chair, and he was, like, <laughs> moving his arms really, really fast. He was like, it's just, like, a really, really intense soccer game. And I was just like, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just... Very it, good at visualizing it, yeah, I will say. He, Thank he, you. he really awesome. does it. He's very animated, even when just giving direction. Yeah. And that's so fun. I love it. Uh, on that director, voice actor tip, you do wear two hats, so... For you personally, is there an extra challenge in that? Is there something about the other that informs the, the second half? Uh, I mean, for me, like, I, I, I watched the episode in the Japanese just so I can get a feel for, like, the episode and, like, what exactly is going to happen. And then, obviously, like, the later episodes where Tokimitsu's in there, you know, I'm watching not just for the directing aspect in case I have to direct any of, like, the actors, but also for myself. You know, just so I can get a feel and be like, all right, what do you, what do I think? Like, what am I getting from this, and what is Rig going to try and tell me to do? So wearing both hats, um, I, I don't want to say it was like super, super challenging because I, I really just loved the show and I loved watching the show every, every week. It was a little scary, uh, especially going in, knowing how big the show would be. I was like, oh man, you know, I really want to make sure that we can get some really good reads that, you know, that the actors are able to not just portray the character, but like portray them in a way that they're happy with, but also in a way that the fans are gonna be able to connect and be like, yeah, this is believable. Like I can, I can hear that. I can hear the passion in the acting. I can hear the passion in the voice. The voice fits, which is I know another thing that, you know, people look at. Um, so that was a little bit of a challenge, but also uh, being a little bit newer to directing, I, I think, I was a little nervous working with like newer actors just because I was like, oh man, am I going to be able to give them the direction that they need? You know, I, I haven't been doing this. I haven't been in the game very long. So are they going to be able to listen to my direction and kind of pick up what I'm putting down? And uh, based on the product, I, I think that we did a pretty bang up job. You know, I, I, I think that right. it was a pretty... <laughs> It was a pretty a pretty good show. <laughs> so I, I kind of have a question. I know I'm not in the audience, but um, did you have any issues when it came to the accents? Because you know later on they start to go. So oh yeah, yeah for the, that for, the like, for the world five for the world five. So we actually I, had. I know Jonathan said one of the big compliments y'all got was on the comments. It was always like, yeah, that's yeah. That's so we so when it came to the world five, we actually had a couple of ideas that we were tossing around. Um, because I think the producers, one of one of the one of the ideas was to have everybody speak Spanish, yeah. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like only like two of them speak Spanish, or, or like three of them speak Spanish. So like it wouldn't make sense to have everybody speak Spanish. That doesn't make sense. But they the producers were worried about like translation issues and like oh what are we gonna do like if this changes in the future or you know Rin can't speak this language or whatever um the idea that rig and i felt was better was just having people speak in like their native accent but still speaking in english um just with an accent and then maybe having a transition where we can make Rin speak english because he understands their accent. But we also had to be careful because we didn't want to like throw an accent that was like very, uh, I don't want to say racist, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like very, you know what I mean? Like very caricature-y. Caricature uh, so we ended up hiring a couple of actors. We, we sat down and we talked about it and we were like, hey, who's good at accents? Who's good at these kinds of accents? Something funny that happened 
was we cast a couple people on the LCC, which is the line count calculator. Because we didn't turn in our cast list, Zach looked at the line count calculator and just automatically cast them. And we were like, oh no, this wasn't finalized. I hope that uh, I hope that they do a good job. Um, but thankfully it worked out. You know, we got uh, uh, Jason Liebricht as Adam Blake, because uh, he, he does, you know, a British accent really well. Uh, we had uh, Ray Hurd come in as Dada Silva, who is Portuguese, but because he was from the favelas, that's, uh, that has like African roots and uh, they don't, they, like their Portuguese is a little bit different. So we kind of gave him a bit more of like an African kind of accent to it. Uh, Kevin, we were like, hey man, can you do French? <laughs> uh, and he sounded great. Ben is a uh, you know, great actor. He's, he's from Chile and his character was from Argentina. So very close in proximity. He even threw in some slang. He did, too, he threw in uh, some slang. Pretty cool. And then um, the last character was uh, uh, Luna. And uh, Brandon Acosta, who, who was newer to voiceover, uh, he had worked on his Spaniard accent. He's Puerto Rican, but he worked on his Spaniard accent because he had a friend who, who was helping him. So when he came in and he did it, we were like, dude, that's, that's perfect. Uh, so it was, it was a little bit of a challenge casting like for the, for the World Five, for the accents, but uh, in the end, I, I, I thought it sounded great and all the actors sounded great. Sorry if that was like rambling, by the way. <laughs> it's cool to hear that so much work and care goes into the little details like that, yeah. and it makes for an excellent final product, for yes. sure. Uh, we got time for about one more question. Yeah, right up here. What was your favorite scene, even if your character wasn't involved? Favorite scene, even if your character was not there. Made Borrow was pretty good. <laughs> so, and I got a chance to direct Matthew David Rudd for that Made Borrow after credit scene. So that was that was a lot of fun. I think I sat in on that episode. Too. Did you? I sat in on a lot of episodes, guys. So I we well, we threw in something funny because like uh, I think the original line was like I can't even remember. But because he was made Baro and we gave him like a silly French accent, we did do caricature for that one just because it's supposed to be silly. Yeah. I, I remember throwing in, I was like, no, 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 this doesn't really hit. Can we throw in like that kiss that they do, like a moi, moi, you know? So he threw it in there and it was perfect. <laughs> uh, and we, that's, that's what ended up in the final product. So made Baro is pretty good. So my, mine's going to be a little bit sappy. Um, so I'm a big mama's boy. Uh, I really love pretty much everything that Baby Bachata is in, especially after he gets like the crap kicked out of him and he's interacting with his mom, because that just felt so real to me, um, especially in a world of anime where a lot of times the shows are just, you know, explosions and all kinds of stuff. To kind of be pulled into that world uh, was really touching, and I, I really thought Monet killed it, and um, I just thought it was really heartwarming and touching to see that. I think uh, uh, my favorite scene, it's a lot of a lot of people's favorite scenes actually, was uh, when Chigiri uh, breaks his chains finally, and he, and he starts like you know he starts running and just the music swelling, and then there's that there's that cut to silence, and then he appears in the frame and he's like move it, yeah. and then he just blasts off, and it's like I'm like oh yes, like this is what like anime like is like uh, it's just it it just it sent goosebumps uh, all throughout me, chills down my spine. That was a really, really great moment. And I can't remember if he was running after you or if he was running after somebody else with the ball or something. Aaron uh, Aaron did great, too, because if you guys don't know, I don't mean to cut you off no, real no, no, quick, no, but uh, if you guys didn't know, like Aaron Dismuk, uh, he actually had been having issues with his throat. He uh, had to step down from a couple of roles, like his Kaguya role and like a couple of others because of how severe his throat injury was. So he was able to you know, do whatever it was that he needed to do to heal himself, came back about six months later, and that's when we cast him as Chigiri. So it was kind of cool to see that double, you know, life yeah. imitates art, imitates life kind of thing, yeah. where you know, Chigiri is worried because of this injury and he's finally able to break through from it, and Aaron, in the same way, you know, he had this injury and he was able to break through from it, so. Matt stole mine. <laughs> Gosh darn it, man. Really? You don't? Okay. All right. So I'm not biased or anything because he stole the Chigurui one. I was going to say that one. But I actually do. I really love Bachida's Awakening uh, because I love it's It's very symbolic. You know, he's very much, you know, a guy who, who just, uh, you know, enjoys what he does and he really loves it. But then he loses sight of that because, you know, he gets picked on as a kid 
And so he forms this monster, right? Because he's he becomes obsessed about like finding someone, right? And then he gets the blue lock, and then he finally finds people, you know, Reen and 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 Isagi, and then he becomes obsessed with with like catching up to them, and then he ends up sucking, right? Like he's a, he he's phenomenal at soccer, but then when he finally starts comparing himself to the two of them, he starts getting his butt kicked, right? And then finally he says, you know what? I don't need the monster. I don't need anyone. I just, I want to have fun and go back to my roots. So he does that, and then he ends up kicking everybody's butt, which is cool, because, you know, that's how you should approach anything in life. You should just enjoy it. You should not compare yourself to other people or anything like that. And, and that's why I thought it was a very beautiful, symbolic way to, to show that. And I just happened to play the character, okay? Uh-huh. But he'll tell you, the first time I saw that, I, we were coming back from a con, I was just, like, bawling, because we I was watching I was like, I love what they do with him. It's just it's really cool, like some of the, the the symbolism that goes on in this show with different characters. It's just it's very well done. It's very, very well done. So but that's my favorite. Do you guys think Kira's gonna come back? D- yes. Do you well, let, you know what? Let's ask uh, do you think Kira, you know, the guy from episode one and two that gets eliminated that gets eliminated it. with a, a ball to the face, do you think he'll eventually come back? No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, thank you. No. He'll, he'll be the final I'll, boss. I'll tell Blake. I'll be like, hey, listen, man, I'm sorry. Sorry, man. <laughs> yes. Okay, we got some yeses. Maybe he's the final boss. He'll be that, like, final boss. You're like, I forgot you existed. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think he's a playable character in the mobile game. Yes. <laughs> Based on what? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I gave yes. up soccer and yes. took up shooter. Yes. Those are some great questions, guys, but we are time. Let's give it up one more time for the cool, voice cool. actors. Thank, Thank you so much, you guys. guys. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you yeah, guys absolutely. so much. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. chatting with us. That was awesome. Enjoy the rest of your Baycon 2023. Can I ask a question? Could we take, like, a, I think it'd be fun if we took, like, a photo a with... A quick selfie. Like, can a we do selfie, selfie with everybody in it. Everybody wants to be in the picture. Let's do a selfie. If y'all want to stand at the front of the stage, and we can go from there. And I'll post that on my social media, so if any of y'all want to tag yourselves or anything, feel free. And now it's your time to sing a song. <laughs> So that was the panel from Baycon 2023. Oh, yeah. Thanks again to all the guests. So yeah. many of them. Please follow everybody on the social medias. We'll tag it in our social media, which is at AssumingPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I say, Mikey, tell them how to send the Gmail. Oh, this one's easy because we're listening to panels and people talking to a microphone. Give me some speech to text. Don't fix it, though. Like, <laughs> just talking to your device. Let it, you know, auto text and then send me it. It'll probably be craziness. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, once again, we want to thank Baycon 2023 for having us out. Yes. We follow them on Baycon Live again. See what's happening next year. We will be there no matter what. Come hello, high water. I like that movie. <laughs> uh, we also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcing, Not Scott Productions for our equipment, and Jazzar for our music. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Baycon 2023. Pick on 2024.